Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Downtown Harbor Church. My name is Adam. I'm the volunteer coordinator here at DHC. I am so thrilled that you uh, took a second just to spend a moment with us here on Sunday morning here at the Museum of Discovery and Science in the IMAX. It is an exciting time to be a part of Downtown Harbor Church and what's going on here at DHC. So let me just address something first before I dive into the message today. You know, we've been getting a lot of questions about this and people have been saying to me, you know, Adam, you seem to be speaking a lot. Is everything okay with John? Uh, is he all right? And the answer is no. I mean, in many ways. However, um, yet... So one of the things that we did in the summertime, and we believe in multiple communicators here, but one of the things that we did in the summertime was we just kind of spread it out a little bit. We've talked about this series, and it's a creative series, and it's something that we did to kind of just give each other a little bit of a time on the stage and to give John a little bit of a break and and to hear from a different voice every now and then. John is perfectly fine. He'll be back and uh, in short order. But I'm here this week, and I'm excited to be with you guys as we are consistently in the middle love and talking about this is true and that is real. And because we, and and throughout the series, and now we're in, I believe, week five, right, of this series, maybe it's even week six and I lost count. We've been talking about these things that are true, right? We've been talking about truths and we've been talking about these things that we know to be true over here. And yes, we've been talking about all these amazing things that are true, but in reality, there are so many things that really contrast lead to these truths are real. And what do we do with those things? And and what do we do when we find out, yes, this over here is true, but there's so much reality that goes along with it. How do we reconcile, don't miss this, how do we reconcile the tension in the middle of these two things, that this is true and that is real? Last week, I loved John's message last week that yes, you can enjoy going to church. Yes, you should enjoy this. Yes, you should engage here. You should volunteer here. You should engage with others. Those are good things. And yes, you can enjoy living in the world. The problem, right, is not the truth or really even what's real. The problem is how the local church handled the truth. And so what the local church historically has done over the course of time is they've refused to address the tension, this in-between space. They almost kind of ignore it and just go, yes, we're just going to focus on the truth. We don't even really want to talk about what's real. And the problem is with that is that tension is real and that the things that live in the in-between of these two things are real. Tension itself doesn't make the truth less true, right? It makes it more real. When we take a look, if you look at all of these things, that yes, trust leads to stronger faith. Yes, doubt leads to stronger faith. Those two things work together in sync, in unison, so that we can understand that it actually helps grow our faith when we embrace the things that are true and the things that are real. Today is one of my favorite messages to give in this series because I think it is so important and so applicable to each one of us as we kind of walk through our faith journey. I think today is going to really just stop and make us think about what does Christianity mean? What does our our life on this earth mean? Today's thing, today's message, today's tension-filled moments are so important 
and so true, I think, for all of us in the room, especially if you grew up in church. Some of you might be new to church and you're trying to figure this whole thing out, but if you grew up in church, this is going to mean a lot to you today. And I just believe, let me get my little trusty props here. By the way, the team here is over my props, which I think is exciting. Like they've had it, right? They're, they're done with them, but I'm not. So we're going to keep using them. Okay. I just believe this, today's tension. I believe the Bible is all true, right? I believe the Bible is all true. Let's put that right there. In fact, we've been saying it like this around here at DHC during this series. We've been saying that, yes, the Bible is all true. And um, I I just got to tell you something. So I actually brought a Bible with me today. It's so funny because at Downtown Harbor Church, it's just not something we're in the habit of, of bringing a Bible up on stage and reading from it. Uh, Not that we're against it. We're just in this digital technological world with our phones and things on the screen. And so, but I just said to the team this week, I said, I'm just going to think I'm going to bring my Bible with me so that we can just see an example of it, right? And by the way, we have somebody who attends Downtown Harbor Church who has donated hundreds of Bibles that we have actually in storage and we have it put them back out because of COVID regulations in the museum, whatever those are. But if you need one and you want one, please uh, use the QR code, talk to me, John, any of our volunteers on the way out, we will get you a Bible, right? But I think this is just really important for us to understand that this Bible, I just believe that it's all true. I believe that in some miraculous way that we don't understand that this Bible tells us the story of God the story of humanity, the story of redemption in humanity. And that when we focus on and read the scripture and meditate on the scripture, that we will find that the Bible is all true. In fact, in the book of 2 Timothy, chapter three, verses 16 and 17, it says it like this, all scripture, I love this, don't miss this. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives, what is real, what is true, and what is wrong in our lives. The Bible contains that. It's alive. It is the word of God. It goes on to say that it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. I just believe that throughout the scripture over and over and over again, the Bible confirms its trueness and its reality. And this is something that we could actually celebrate in 2021 because a lot of Christians are confused about the Bible. Did you know that owning a personal Bible, this is so cool, owning a personal Bible would not have been a reality until potentially the mid 1700s? And I did not even know this stat, but I'm going to give you a nickel's worth of trivia this morning that our lead pastor, John, used to be a rare book dealer. Did you know that? And some of you chuckled, but it's true, okay? Like, this is true. Here's what's real. He sold like two books, okay? But in the end, boy, that got a great laugh this morning. What a fired up crowd. However, let me tell you this, but he did tell us that that was true, that we wouldn't have had Bibles in our possessions personally until about the mid-1700s. Okay, Adam, I get it. We look at this as true. I get that the Bible that you say is all true, but but there's some controversy surrounding this, isn't there? There's some debate amongst the you know people of the time or Christianity or or scholars about the 
either authenticity or trueness of the Bible. So uh, let, me, let me just point out a couple of things. Number one, I just believe that this is true about the Bible, and maybe you're in one of these places where you're like, I don't really know if this is true, and I believe this, so because I can't believe this, I don't want to engage with the whole thing. Let me, let me talk to you for a second about just my opinion on that. I believe the Bible has some wacky stories, okay? If you have ever read the Bible cover to cover, or maybe you have friends or family members who are skeptics of the Christian faith, you have probably heard about some of these wacky stories in terms of questions from them. Maybe you yourself have even questioned some of the wackiness in the Bible. I mean, you got talking snakes, you got talking donkeys, you got mass casualty incidents, you got nudity, drunkenness, drama, romance, intrigue, unbridled enthusiasm. You got it all, okay? And, there, and there's some of us who sit back and we go, what, what, let me ask a question, because there, there, there's some wacky stuff in this book. It, it, can we really actually say that the Bible is all true? Furthermore, people ask another question about the Bible, which I think is so important for us to address and in, embrace here. Adam, okay, I understand the wacky stories. I understand the trueness of the Bible. I understand what you say, but let me ask you this question. We're talking about some really wild stuff. Did all of those actually happen? And where we end up in this interesting dynamic with this is true and that is real is we feel like that if we can't ever address all of those things, then we have to throw the whole thing out. Well, if you go back to kind of the early part of this series, one of the things that we talked about is that, yes, you can know God, and yes, God is a mystery. So sometimes when we ask this question, or sometimes when we kind of put our mind around this, we have some thoughts and some controversy stirs in our brain. So did all of the things in here actually happen like the talking donkey, the talking debate, like, you know, the talking snake. The, so let me just tell you this. There's some debate. There's some debate even among scholars. But, but hear me out on this, okay? This is something I want to really engage with you on because this may change your mind about the entire Bible. So if you don't hear anything I say today, just hear this, right? Because some of these uh, stories, some of the things in the Bible, the wacky things in the Old Testament specifically, there's some debate about did they actually happen? Are they real, true historical events? Generally not the New Testament, the life of Jesus kind of and beyond, but the Old Testament. There's some debate there. Here's what I want you to think about, right? Even if they didn't actually happen, it doesn't mean they aren't true. So let me stop for a second, because if you were, if you're probably looking at me and you're thinking about this, you're probably looking at me like this, which I think is important. So go ahead and toss this next up on the screen, if you would, for me. You're probably looking at me like that, because I was looking at myself when I wrote that this way, and I just want to kind of leave this up here for a second, because you're probably looking at me like I was looking at myself going, what is he talking about? Like, so you just said the Bible is all true, and then you just questioned the wacky history in some of the Old Testament and said, even if it didn't actually happen, it doesn't mean that it's not true. So let me tell you what I mean. I just believe that when Jesus, who we believe to be the Son of God, the risen Messiah, walked the earth, that he did something that was an example 
for how the ancient Israeli people did a lot of business in their history, right? I just believe that Jesus did something. Jesus taught in story. He taught in story. And those stories were called parables. And here's what I want you to know about parables. And we have a series about parables coming up as we head into the fall. They didn't actually happen. A lot of times people will listen to the parables of Jesus or they'll have a conversation about the parables of Jesus. And they're so engaging and they're so enriching and they're so true that people actually think or they go back to in their minds that this story actually happened, but it didn't. But here's what I want you to know. Even though it didn't actually happen, the story that Jesus told, it was still true. It was still true, even though it didn't happen. See, it doesn't actually have to happen for it to be true. There could be some debate in your mind about what is allegory and what is reality. We can have those conversations all day. I believe regardless of the fact of whether it's history or parable or story, that the Bible is still true. A lot of times people will ask me about the story of Adam and Eve. Here's what I want you to know. I just believe that Jesus believed that Adam and Eve were real people. He did. So I believe they're real people. A lot of times people will ask me about the book of Job. Sometimes you've heard the bo- about the book of Job and that it was actually written predating the book of Genesis. Did it actually happen? I don't know, but I believe that it's all true. A lot of times people will ask about the book of Jonah. Did this guy really end up in the belly of a whale or was that allegory? You know what? I don't really know. But I do know this, is that his story about running from the calling of God and then eventually learning to follow the calling of God is extremely true in all of our lives. So I don't know about every single detail in the Bible and what happened and what didn't. And hey, if the book of Jonah actually was a story that was told to serve a purpose and communicate a truth, Disney really got lucky making the the movie Pinocchio after they learned about that. So there's like a lot of good things that have happened, right? Here's just what I want you to know. So often we get stuck here. And we say, okay, I just don't know if the Bible's all true because I don't know about this particular story. And heck, if I can't believe that one, I can't believe all of it, including the risen Messiah named Jesus Christ who walked the earth and died, predicted his own resurrection and rose again. Because I don't know if I can believe the talking snake. I don't know if I can believe that. And I'll tell you this. We have to stop comparing tit for tat in some of these little circumstances because I believe, this is what I'll tell you all about me, I believe in some supernatural way that we may not never even understand. I believe the Bible is all true, 100%. I believe what this book contains in some way that is beyond my psyche was written through man who wrote these things down that God wanted us to understand and hear all these years and all these centuries later. The book of Hebrews chapter four, verse 12, says this, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and added, go one more. 
It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. This is what, and I love all these verses about the scripture because the Bible is filled with verses that talk about itself. And then in the book of Psalms 119, 105, it says this, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Going back to the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 40, verse eight, it says this, it says the grass withers and the flowers fall but the word of God lives forever. Yes, the Bible is all true. I just believe that the Bible is all true. I believe that if you cornered me at a happy hour or a cup of coffee and we sat down and had a conversation and you could say to me, Adam, I know what you say on stage. Do you really believe the Bible is all true? Yes, I do. 100%. If you've never taken a look at the Bible and what it actually has to say and offer in life, I just believe that when you decide to say yes to follow after Jesus, which is the core message of the entire Bible, when you say yes to following after Jesus, that your life will be better. And I just believe that you will be better at life. I truly believe that the things contained in these pages inside of this book are life-changing. They can change you from the inside out if you understand that it is true, that it came from God, and that your future can be different if you believe it. So often, humanity has used this book to beat people over the head, to oppress people, and to hold them down. That is the complete opposite of what's inside this book. This book is a life changer, a game changer, a different story for your future, and it is all true should we choose to believe it. Yes, the Bible is all true. So you could say, okay, Adam, there's some tension there, but I'm not sure what it is today. You sold me, man. Like you sold me on this. I'm in, I'm going to go home. Maybe I'm going to start a reading plan on the Bible. Maybe I'm going to view things a different way. I don't know what it is, but you sold me. Okay. It's all true. Let me talk to you about the tension because there's a lot of tension that exists here specifically for Christians. Now, before I put this next thing on the screen and on the little Velcro sign behind me. I I want everybody to stay with me on this because what I'm about to say is a tad controversial. It's a tad different. Do not get out the pitchforks on me yet, okay? Let me me finish the message before you want to, you know, come at me with the pitchforks because I don't think you will, but if you do, like I'll be outside right next to John, so I'll be out there, and so just be aware of it, okay? So yes, the Bible is all true. But I also believe this. I just believe the Bible does not teach you everything you need to know about life. I told you it was going to be tension-filled, so stay with me for a minute. Because what happens is, is we kind of step back and we go, okay, I've read the Bible. I know the history of these people who attempted to find out who God is and know them and know him. I know that Jesus walked the earth and claimed to be the risen Messiah. Shouldn't I be good? Well, here's where the tension comes in. So often what we do is we sit back and we have the Bible and it's there and and, and we don't let anything else penetrate our hearts or we think that every single thing about earth and the creation of the universe and the, the longevity of humanity and how we navigate through situations is in there. And I'll just tell you that they're all not. 
and, and I want to talk about this for a second before we go any deeper, but I want, to, I want to land here. Some of the things, this is so important, some of the things that help us in life are not in the Bible. Some of the things that help human beings out in life are not in the Bible. And here's what I want you to know about this before you step back and take a breath and you go, hmm, where are we going with this? Here's what I want you to know. It's okay. It's okay that everything that we need in life is not in the Bible. And I've read it cover to cover. I've studied it. I've taught it for years. I know that there are things in life that simply just aren't in there. And before we get all bent out of shape and throw it out and go, well, this isn't in there, so we can't use it anymore, we just have to step back and say, that's okay. Because here's what I know, and here's where the tension comes in. Here's what I know. God made the people who might offer the help that isn't in the Bible. God made people in this earth to be able to use their minds and their knowledge to help further humanity. Hear me out on this for a second. This is so key, right? This is why God made doctors, okay? This is why God made doctors. There are good medical people out there. By the way, can I just stop for a second? I just want to let you know something. This is, I think it's important for us to stop and have a moment. I have never met so many medical professionals in my life as I have in the past 18 months. Have, like, I don't, like, did you guys know, have you met any more medical professionals like than this? Because I am not a medical professional, but here's what I know. Like the, the gym at the auto shop, he's a medical professional, has big opinion on the pandemic. Like he knows, like he knows like better than a lot of people. My dealer at the Hard Rock, I was playing blackjack about two weeks ago. They, listen, they, ha- they know that they had got this thing figured out, right? My mailman, right? Like he, I'm telling you, like everybody stops me and they go, Adam, let me tell you something, right? And I'm saying, oh, this is interesting. So where did you find that out? And they go, you know, Facebook or YouTube. And I, th- I think like, if it didn't come from a book in the library, I generally don't want to hear it from you. However, like, so, so what I want you to know is this, is that God created people to become medical professionals to solve issues that the Bible doesn't list off, and that's okay. And maybe you are not the expert on that. That's okay. That's why God made doctors. That's why God made scientists, right? We just believe at Downtown Harbor Church that science and God don't stand in, in opposite of each other. We think they go together. We think that there's a lot of in common between science and what science says and what God says and what the Bible says. And we just believe that God made scientists so that they could help us learn and help us grow and help us discover things. That's why God made doctors. That's why God made scientists. That's why God made Walt Disney. Because somebody like him would have this imaginative mind that would create things that others wouldn't create. And sure enough, it caught on. And how many of our lives have been affected by that? Because God made him. God made scientists. God made doctors. That's why I'm okay with it. That's why I'm okay spending $17.99 on a pretzel and cheese when I go there. Because God made him. Some things, by the way, in life, I just want to be clear about this. Some things the Bible doesn't give direct answers on. You ever notice this? 
especially maybe you're a Christian and somebody's not a believer and they go, hey, let me, Adam, let me ask you something. I got, I got a question on this. I, I, and, and, and you might be going, what's the, you know, they'll say to you, what's the Bible say about this? I go, oh, well, it's not really clear on that. Because it's okay for it not to be clear on everything. If it doesn't have the answer on everything, it doesn't fall apart as untrue. Some things the Bible just doesn't give direct answers on. Here's a couple of them. Basic hygiene. I looked. I didn't see that basic hygiene was in there, right? I didn't. I, I, I looked, and it just wasn't, it wasn't something that was in there. Many people need lesson on this, and it's not in the Bible. They should seek elsewhere for help on this particular issue. Here's one that I love. That the Bible doesn't talk about this. Other universes or galaxies, Okay. I've looked for information on this one. A lot of times people will always ask me, Adam, hey, uh, you think there are aliens out there? Listen, if you think some guy standing on a stage at the IMAX Museum wearing a shirt like this is going to give you the answer on aliens in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, I got another thing coming for you. I don't know. Neither do you. Let's move on. However, the Bible tells you how to get to heaven, not how the heavens go. And that's so important about the Bible. It doesn't give answers on other universes or galaxies. I don't know. Like, is it real? Like what happens out there and we see on that? I don't know. And frankly, a lot of you spend a lot too much, excuse me, a lot of you spend way too much time thinking about this. I, listen, I'm trying to, you know, move on from a pandemic and raise a family. You're trying to figure out about the, you know, galaxy other than the Milky Way. Like, there's a lot of things that people are, I don't know, Bible doesn't talk about that. It, it, it also doesn't talk about how to read or write, right? It doesn't. But, right, we, we do know that reading and writing and being literate is something that has been very useful for our lives and society. My point is this. There are things that are true about life that are not in here. And that's okay. There are things that you're going to, need help on in your life that aren't in here. Don't let that allow your faith to fall apart. Don't let that particular issue collapse you as a believer. Don't let that rattle your faith in the entire Bible as a whole. There are a lot of things the Bible doesn't talk about. But then every so often, Sometimes the Bible is just too clear, right? Sometimes the Bible is just really too black and white on things. And our answer's there. And we gotta figure out what to do with it. So I'm gonna close the message today with one example, right? Um, there, there's a multitude of issues that the Bible is extremely clear about. But I'm gonna focus on one because in my history at Downtown Harbor Church and in my dialogue with so many people who have come to this church and um, exist kind of in other churches or just in the Christian world, I would tell you that this one particular issue, which is very addressed by the Bible, comes up the most often. Maybe the next word that I'm going to put on the screen is going to smack you right between the eyes. Something the Bible is pretty clear about something that we hear a lot about at Downtown Harbor Church. Anxiety. I got to tell you, there's a lot of worried people out there. And, and 2020, 
2021 didn't help. So let's stop here and talk for a second about what I'm going to do as I draw the comparison between the tension here. In the book of Luke, chapter 12, verses 22 through 26, Jesus actually addresses anxiety. The Bible talks about it. It's pretty clear. Here's what he says. It says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Right there. He addresses it so bluntly. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. He goes on, for life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens, birds. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, and yet God feeds them. How much and how much more valuable you are than birds. Then he goes on to say, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? The Bible, right where it's at, true, is very clear on this issue. Let me stop and say it like this. The Bible is right. Bible's right. Jesus is right. Like Jesus is right. If you, if you've stood if you stood back and dealt with anxiety, you know that there are that Jesus what he says is 100% correct. Absolutely. Hammer it home. If you can figure out how to not struggle with worry, if you can figure out how to not struggle with anxiety, if you can figure out how to not struggle with panic, line those things up. Your life will be better. Absolutely. You'll be able to achieve more, accomplish more, engage more. Yes. He's right. But there are a lot of tools that he didn't mention in the Bible that our earth, humanity has used and put in place to help conquer this thing or to help achieve what Jesus has said. So I'm going to be transparent on this stage for a little bit. A number of years ago, um, I had a pretty massive anxiety problem. Um, going back now, probably about 15 years ago in my life, I first began to have these feelings of panic, and they were panic attacks, I guess, and it, it manifested into many anxiety-filled moments in my life and really a life of anxiety. And one of the things that I did early on was I sought uh, treatment or care, shall we say, from a Christian counselor. And I remember going in and sitting with a Christian counselor. And as we unpacked my worry and my anxiety and my panic and my thoughts and what they were, I remember he said something to me in those moments about what I was doing in my life related to the anxiety and what the Bible had to say about anxiety. He said to me something I'll never forget. He said, you know, as you struggle with anxiety, you're sinning. And I said, wow. Now, he was right. But I don't know if you ever met someone with anxiety or maybe you struggle with anxiety. Being told this was not the most helpful thing for my anxiety. In fact, it made me never want to go back to a Christian counselor ever again. 
Because yes, he was right. But what was I going to do about it? He told me what was in the Bible. Now what? How was I going to help fix whatever I was dealing with? What was that going to look like for me? Even though he was right Jesus talked about this. The Bible talked about it. There are a lot of tools at our disposal that the Bible doesn't mention. There are a lot of things that we can do as people who struggle with anxiety to get past it and to move forward in our lives. Let me just name a couple that the Bible doesn't list out, but it doesn't mean that they're not good. And that's talk therapy, right? Talking it out sitting across from somebody, professional or not. We got some people at part of our DHC who are studying to be counselors, who are already counselors. Man, it's just good stuff, right, that they do. Talk therapy, sitting back and going deep into the reasons of why you might have anxiety. How about deep breathing? Do you know that God actually created our bodies to that when we deep breathe, it actually calms down a vagus nerve? I had to Google that one. I didn't know that one off the top of my head, but it's true from what I read, right? Doctors figured that out. You know, Paul didn't mention that in Ephesians chapter four, but it doesn't mean that it's any less true. That when you stop and you focus your mind and you deep breathe, that it can soothe this nerve that might actually cause anxiety. How about mind refocusing, right? How about going, okay, I got to figure this out in my mind because what I'm thinking about and what I'm experiencing is causing anxiety. I need to refocus. I need to think about something else. What are tools and tips and techniques to get that done? Bible didn't mention that. How about exercise? Exercise is so important if you want to conquer anxiety. I know because I've exercised more in the last couple years than I've done in the past 35 years of my life. Exercise is really important. And, and I'm not an expert on what I'm about to put up next, and, and I don't necessarily recommend this. I think that there are other ways to deal with things, but if your case is severe enough, then medications might be for you. Again, I don't necessarily recommend those. I think those are a last, last resort. There's a lot of people who are dealing with anxiety. Maybe some even in this room. There's a lot of people who are dealing with things the Bible talks about consistently. The Bible doesn't give every answer on. That's okay. The Bible is right. The Bible is so, so right. Do not worry. Don't worry about your life. Look at the birds. They don't worry. Don't worry. It's going to derail your life. Stop it. But it may not contain everything we need. It may just not contain everything we need. And that's okay. Just because it doesn't contain every detail about life and every detail about humanity doesn't mean that it's any less true. Don't get confused on this. It's so important for us to understand because what happens is, is that generally people who lose their faith or who disengage say to themselves, That didn't help me with this particular thing. The Bible didn't. And if it doesn't have that answer, I'm out. Don't give up. Yes, the Bible is all true. Yes, the Bible is all true. And yes, the Bible does not teach you everything you need to know about life. So what's the practical? 
You know, at Downtown Harbor Church, every single week that we're here, we tend to put this word on the screen. And you know, I gotta, I gotta give us credit here. We've been putting this word on the screen for almost six years at Downtown Harbor Church. If you've been here for any length of time, every single week, because it's important to us. We want you to hear a message on a Sunday and put it into practice on a Monday. So what's the practical in this situation? Adam, you gave a, a message about the Bible and about life. And, and what, what's the practical here? A couple of things. I want to stop for a second. And I want to say that I mentioned one situation, anxiety. There are many situations that we have in our lives. So first of all, if we are going through something, if we're dealing with something, if we're struggling, here's what I want you to know. Seek out what the Bible has to say about your situation. Because if there's one thing that I know, life is going to toss some curveballs at us. We're going to go through stuff. Some moments are going to be really low. What's the Bible have to say about you? your situation. If it's not there and you can't find it, find out what God has provided to fill in the gaps. That's where those doctors, those scientists, those creatives come in. God made them. They're real. They're alive. And I believe they're alive for a reason because God works in supernatural and mysterious ways. And lastly, if you're struggling, keep fighting. There are practical things to help in a lot of situations. Maybe your marriage is not where it needs to be. Maybe you're in a relationship that's not where it needs to be. And maybe, maybe you're engaged. Maybe you're thinking about getting married. I don't know. There's a lot of amazing resources on marriage out there. There's a lot of amazing things that are out there that we can engage with and lead you to and guide you that can help taking what the Bible says and practically implementing it. Maybe your finances are a mess. Maybe you're going, I cannot do this for one more day. There is a phenomenal resources that we have at the church that help people practically get in the right direction in their financial future. I don't know what your issue is, but I'm sure if you're like me, you've got one. And I'm happy to tell you because I talk with the DHC staff and close family and friends about this, that I struggle with anxiety for a long time. But I stand on stage in 2021, the least anxious I've ever been in my entire life. If it is a sliding scale of one to 10 about where anxiety has been in my life, there are moments I've been a nine, there are moments I've been a 10. Right now I'm about a one every single day. And I knew that I was gonna become a parent about 19 months ago. And I said to myself, before this child arrives, I'm going to need to get a handle on this anxiety, whatever it takes. God took me through a journey. Some moments were not appreciated. Some were. But I stand on this stage less anxious than I've ever been a breathing, living example that we can do it. You can do it. When you use the tools that God has placed out there in life, coinciding with what the Bible said, because the Bible is all true. And yes, there are things in life that can help you along the way. Lastly, it's this. Right outside the doors after service, um, there's going to be some people out there. John, if you don't know John and you're new here, he's the tall guy. Uh, 
kind of blackish hair, more gray than he wants, but he's over there and he's, he'll be out there and he'll be, um, so what we're going to do after service is if, if you feel like you're in this place where you're struggling and you're fighting for something and you're looking for an answer, um, if you need prayer, we're going to be out there praying after service, just by those blue tables out to the left. There's going to be some people out there. Um, if that's, if that's you and what you need, we want to surround you in that today and what you're going through. And, and I just believe as the Bible talks about this, that we can start with prayer and what that looks like for all of us as we keep fighting for our futures over and over again. I'm going to pray now, and then I'll close the service. And if God so leads your heart to go out there and pray, we'd love to pray with you after this. So let me pray now. Father, God, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you that you, in a supernatural, miraculous way, wrote the Bible in, 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 in a way that we don't even necessarily, necessarily always comprehend, but we believe that it's true. And God, we also know that you've given so many amazing human beings gifts in this life to be able to help guide and lead others. Help us to utilize those and take advantage of those, God, so that we can have the best life that we can to serve you to the best of our ability. And Lord Jesus, I just pray for anybody who's struggling here today that they might actually just reach out if they need help, that they might be going through something that they need prayer on, that they would uh, have the courage to just go, hey, listen, I need you to pray for me. I, 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 I want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Whatever the case is, I just need prayer. God, would you um, help us as a church to come alongside each other and to do that? And we will be so quick to give you all the glory. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for the healing that's taken place already through this talk, this conversation this morning. We thank you. We give you the glory and praise. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.